1: Today, we're also joined by our favorite guest. Um, you can see him on Nessun during the Bruins broadcast. You can hear him on WEI. And a uh, second time on the podcast, Andrew Raycroft. Razor, thanks for joining us today.
2: Of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure.
0: And before we get into questions, uh, we will just plug that Sunday skate will be returning. Not this coming Sunday, not Super Bowl Sunday. That's still all football but the following no sunday, it's not
3: there's ho- there's a hockey east broadcast right before the super bowl that's you gotta true watch that yes. i'm doing
0: <laughs> yeah bridge will be on the umass lowell game on super bowl sunday um but yeah so sunday skates coming back it'll be me and razor uh possibly bridge involved as well still you know finalizing some things but um gp still yeah,
2: negotiating with the so she's tough <laughs> yeah exactly
0: it's, it's coming right down to the wire it's you know we might get we might get the bridget contract and the pasta contract in the same way we'll see
1: <laughs> jp barry's a busy man
0: yeah <laughs> um, um yeah. speaking of pasta though i was actually going to start there anyways so razor i'm curious uh if you would agree with uh me on some of the comments that we've been getting about what's going on with Passenach's extension, where it seems like, you know, Elliot Friedman, Emily Kaplan, it's going to get done. Everyone seems to be on the same page there, but I find it odd that we're hearing about, you know, that the Bruins are being pushed uh, into an area where they didn't want to get to, didn't expect to get to, Um, you know, Passenach has kind of always said that like, being the highest paid player isn't really important to him, which I still don't think, I don't think he'll be the highest paid player. I don't, you know, I heard you say on Jones and Mago, you know, you wouldn't go to 13 and neither would I. And I, and I don't think it's going to get there, but why are we, why are we hearing that, you know, the Bruins are getting pushed into an uncomfortable territory? Like, and does it, and doesn't matter. Like if, if they get the deal done, ultimately doesn't matter if, you know, maybe they were a little bit, unhappy with ultimately how it played out
2: no it doesn't matter and and that's that's part of the business i think yeah at, at the end of the day in all of these deals that have always been signed in the nhl someone always feels like they've left money on the table uh, but it, you you just get to a point where you got to do it and you do it and, and you move on but um i think it's just more a matter of I, listen the bruins had uh, you know with charlie mcavoy at nine and a half i think he thought they could get it done around there right you know or hoped or you know because again david has said he's not worried about money so david has come out and said he's not trying to be the highest paid player i think that implies somewhat of a hometown discount and and i would i would assume seven eight nine months ago when you're looking at a cap not going up you're looking all right not a hometown discount nine and a half ten million now with the season that David's had and produced and you see some of these other deals getting done, then that number bumps up a little bit. But I, I think that's the only reason why that that narrative is out there because I think the Bruins might've been just a little bit lower um, than, than what people might have thought originally or what they thought originally.
0: Yeah. And it, I also found it interesting. So, you know, Emily Kaplan notes that, it looks like it's going to be for more money than Boston's front office was originally budgeting. Um, do you see this having an effect going forward where maybe there's other things that they, they're planning to do, hoping to do, whether it's now before the deadline or during the off season that, you know, if, if they're going, I don't know, a million or a million and a half a year above where they thought their max might be, does, you know, is that going to change maybe what they have to do or, or guys that they can't keep or something like that.
2: It does. No question that, that, that is the reality of a hard salary cap in the national hockey league. If you're giving 1 million extra to one guy, that's 1 million that no one else can get. And there's no way around it. There's no luxury cap. There's no way to claw that back with, uh, uh, an extension or a renewal with somebody else. There's there's no way to get it back. So, yeah, it definitely takes a, that million bucks or two million bucks that comes right out of a guy like Connor Clifton or right out of a guy like Thomas Nosick or that's that's the reality. And we were told that when the hard cap was put into place in 2006. Uh, I remember everyone beating the table saying when we do this, this is what happens and this is what it looks like, and and it's played out pretty much to to what we we were expected to to happen.
1: Reza, do you think that somewhere in the eleven range is is the perfect balance between um a team friendly deal and also Pashnak getting kind of what he what he deserves? I mean, you can make the argument and I'm sure his his representation is that he should be or could be making top dollar, but given the nature of the Bruins tradition. And and I think pasta has like learned from the leaders in front of him that he doesn't want to do that. Like you mentioned, but do you think 11 11 range is fair for everybody?
2: Uh, I think that's best case scenario for Bruins fans and Bruins. I, I would probably suggest that if you're in the David Pasternak household, you're saying, well, Wait till these other guys signed, and they start signing 13, 14, 15. And you're stuck eight years from now at 11, still producing top 10 goal numbers in the league. Then, then maybe not. Um, you look at where Sydney was and Taze was and Kane and Ovi and where these guys have signed their big deals and where they were in the league at that time. It was right at the top. So if you're at eleven and you're you know seven eight guys deep just to begin the deal and you expect the cap to go up as much as you do, then then maybe not. Um, but but it seems as though you know, I, I you can't imagine a deal getting to a hundred million, and and you've got to imagine that David feels okay not completely getting there.
3: Yeah, and it seems like from what so Rich Keefe, I think, have you been on his show recently or you were with him before at some point, but he had a source that was, um, reporting that the Bruins and Postonoc were in agreement about like about an $11 million deal. And then the goalpost kind of moved after it was agreed to, or decided on that that was a fair price for him. Um, do you think that moved like, the reason why this is still going on as a discussion, even though the Bruins and Posnuck both want to create a deal has to do with um, trying to squeeze out extra money or um, what do you think the reasoning is?
2: I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. I have no idea. I have, I can't imagine that scenario. I can't imagine having a deal in place and then moving the goalposts at the last second um, that, without any without and then the hearing reports a month later that they're getting close i would think that that a guy like elliot or like whoever's inside or the agents or the camp of pasternak would leak something a little bit more negative had they had a deal in place and then the goalpost got moved i feel like that wouldn't it just doesn't really go down like that usually so you know they might have been getting close, and someone jumped the gun on on a source um, or what they thought was a good uh, scoop, and they sent it out into the ether, and it it wasn't quite done. So that and that's the that's the biggest lesson for all of this is that it changes every day. These conversations they do change every day, and until it, the the inks dry, it's 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 not done.
1: Razor, are you torn when it comes to the deadline uh, as far as what you think the Bruins should do? Because on the one hand, they're having a historic season, obviously, and, and there's the mindset of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And I think there's a lot of validity to that. But then on the other hand, there's the desperation that the Bruins feel, given you know the um, nature of where Bergeron is in his career and creating some other unknowns. So you in the past have talked about if you can get a, a bona fide NHLer for a prospect or two and some picks and a combination of that and whatnot um, you're all for it. And I am kind of with you on that. So if, if we're talking somebody like Chikrin, right? Like, and let's say the only roster player going back to Arizona was somebody like Grizzlick and then a combination of picks and prospects. Is that something you would entertain given how much of an impact player he is or do you not want to mess with the chemistry and you want to kind of focus on depth?
2: Well, so that's a so that scenario we'll just do that scenario so yes I I am if I've I've never been a draft pick guy and I'm even more so of a non-draft pick guy I think a 30 second overall pick is rolling the dice just as much as a 56th overall pick it it does it, it you're when you're dealing with the first round picks of the Boston Bruins next season or the season after they're not dropping to fifth overall where you're actually going to get an automatic impact player, just not going to happen. So yes, I'm all for selling the first round picks. I'm selling, you know, this year prospects go see you later. We'll, we'll deal with it later. Um, Now, now the debate is, is Grizzly more valuable? Jacob Chikrin. Yes. Good player. Have we, has he ever played a meaningful NHL hockey game ever in his career? I don't know. Probably not, no. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe, always... maybe like the, the bubble year, I think where they were in like the play-in round. Yeah,
2: but, but, but you started with the bubble year. So, yes, yeah. no, he hasn't ever played a real game. And I, I think the, the lesson that can be learned is what's going on in Vancouver with Ekman Larson. Uh, OEL, he was going to be the greatest player, and the Bruins were in on him and all. Oh, they should have signed him to an eight-year, $64 million. What would that look like right now? And he had never played a real game before. He was a captain of a team that was bottom of the league all the time. So I I like the idea. I think there is a lot to Jacob's game, Chikrin's game. I think there is. I think a lot of people in hockey think he's really good. But I'm not sold on what he brings to the table for what the Bruins need him to do in the next month and a half. Yes, in the long run, he's he's cost reliable. He's a young defenseman. You can get him better, but does he come in and fit right in with the Boston Bruins for a month and a half in the playoff run? I'm not sure of that, and I'm definitely not taking the uh, opinion that it's automatic that he's better than Matt Grizzly for this team this year.
0: This yeah, year, yeah, you know, because I think one of the thing that things that people look at, like in that scenario, is they worry about Grizzly's size and, and him holding up. And we all know he, he has been banged up down the stretch in the playoffs and in, in the past. Uh, so Chigrin's six foot two. So you say, Oh, there you go. You, you upgraded your size. It's like, well, look at Jacob Chigrin's injury history. Like that's not a guy who's been able to stay healthy either. So, you know, and it's not like he's throwing a bunch of hits. Like he doesn't, he's a much more of an offensive player. Like he's not really using that size. So, um razor is there is there anyone you you have your eye on that you think you would go big for that uh you know might be worth it
2: i'm honestly not leaning that big i i'm really not i think i i think it's all about getting the right pieces for this and really being that depth forward that the you need a middle six guy on forward. You need uh another guy who's willing to and the, the key is too you gotta have guys that are willing to fit in with this and, and are willing to be a seventh defense. And a lot of guys aren't that are really good. The Thomas Shabbats of the world weren't going to Florida and to be a seventh guy. And and where the Bruins are at right now, that's kind of what you're looking at. You know, like you you really can't mess with it too much. Or if you are you better be sure. And that's that again, that's what's keeping Dawn up at night is do I do I need to do more? Do I move the chemistry of this team? Or am I just trying to add extra little pieces at the end? So I don't, I really don't have my eye on anyone. I, they're going to make some kind of deals just because they, they have to. But I, I don't see a Bo Horvat Islander thing. I don't see a Taylor Hall. I don't see a Hampus Lindholm quite type deal falling in the Bruins laps in the next four weeks.
3: Yeah. So, and and to the Horvat thing, he had been a guy that we had spent some time talking about on the podcast and whether or not would have been worth it for the Bruins to give up what they needed to for Horvat. And we came to the conclusion that say if they wanted Carlo um, you're giving up one of your defensemen who's reliable on the penalty kill and that, you know, fits in Um, and you're you're getting worse in one position to get better at center and kind of more of a long-term move would you have given up say carlo and um a comparable a comparable um package to what the islanders gave for horvat
2: no just because like you said that would be a then, then you're punting on this season if you're doing that you're basically looking okay we're gonna we're gonna give up this season for the future um, they don't need help at center right now. They, they will, they probably will at some point, although we've been saying for a long time, they need help at center and uh, they still don't, uh, but they do, they will. And I think you, you don't, you're just not worried about that right now. You're just not looking at that. You're looking at, okay. Scenarios in which when you lose to Bras, no and Frederick or three game period, who's coming in and, and helping because I don't think it's, it's what we've seen from the minors so far. So, okay, what? Do, how do those guys piece in?
1: It, it's funny. I uh, when talking about this Bruins team at the deadline, that scene from Miracle pops into my mind when they're all outside the uh, the, the the coach bus and and Herb's like, you know, why should not I give this guy a hell of a look? And then Johnson's like, because we're a family. <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's what we're talking about with this Bruins team. Like, you don't want to get rid of like a Grizzly or a Carlo because I I do think these guys. It's it's it can't be. You know, um, overstated enough. Like a big part of a championship team is wanting to, you know, block that shot for the guy next to you and and win for those guys. I'm not saying somebody like Chikrin want to come in and you know fit in with people. And I think when people talk about Chikrin, it's like they envision. And I thought of this myself. Like you envision a blue line going forward of Lindholm, McAvoy, and, and Chikrin, and and maybe that can help ease the transition at center because you have such a strong blue line. But it really is a tough situation that Sweeney's in going into this deadline. And again, they're at a historic pace, so you don't want to mess with it too much. And it'll be interesting to follow, follow the next month for sure.
2: It's going to be, it's going to be, what I mean, absolutely going into the deadline and, and, and just as importantly, what the Bruins do, what everyone else does do, do the other teams get better. Do do does Carolina pick up another Max Domi? Max Domi is the one who beat the Bruins out in Game Seven. So do the like that's the kind of guy the Bruins are going to find is a, is that player that guy who scores a goal in Game Seven in one of the first three or four series, one of the three series I mean to get to the finals uh, that puts you over the top. That's that's the that's that's my vision. Uh, what they're going to do at the deadline, I don't know who that is. I don't know who the Max Domi is. I don't. I'm not sure anyone really does, except for the guys that are that are going to the games and watching. And who knows who can fit in with this Bruins team? Because to your point, it, it's they they do more homework on what's going on off the ice with these guys and what they're they're going all the way. Like you need to have a good family in place to become. Uh, anointed a Boston Bruin at this point, Mitchell the, Miller. We, the the culture goes that far, and it, it's uh, it's one of those things where you're you're bringing these guys in for what's happening in the playoffs, and it's it's important.